You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Myrtle, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. Jake, what's up this morning? Hey, we missed celebrating National Radio Day. How do you celebrate that? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. So did we really miss it? I guess not. It is nice to be on the radio. Yeah. And to yeah. have this platform. Well, I feel like we should have at least mentioned it. Well, like, we just did. Yeah. A day late. We appreciate the listeners out there supporting the morning drive with uh, Dietrich and Martin. You can hit us up on the Darren Moody State from hotline slash text line 888 Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street in Monroe. Plenty to discuss, as we typically do. We start off some of the headlines. Where would you like to start, Jake? Well, I think we need to pick up where our show ended yesterday, which was the whole ULM saga yeah. and uh, Nick Floyd deciding to step down as athletic director. Um, let's start this off with a question. We got a really good question from Quint. Okay. Probably his best question. Ooh, that says a lot. He he asks, what is the biggest problem at ULM, the short lifespan of recent athletic directors, or the lack of focus on athletics by President Bruno? Ooh. Also, are these two problems connected or separate? <laughs> you you want to step up to the plate for that one? Uh, let's dive in one at a time. And first of all, uh, we have sound from a Nick Bruno, the school president, coming up later in the show. An opportunity to sit in his lovely office for probably a good uh, 30, 45 minutes uh, yesterday. We had a pretty in-depth interview, and you'll hear clips from that later on in the show, just about where this program is going forward. Uh, does he support athletics? And then, of course, uh, other issues, of course, concerning the Grove, Grove area and then moving forward. First part of Quinn's question was? First part is, what is the biggest problem, the short lifespan of the athletic directors or the lack of focus on athletics by Bruno? I don't think it's e either of those. I think it's the fact that not enough people care about ULM athletics. Interesting. Not enough people have bought in. You have to get people to buy in. And that has been the problem in the 18 years that I've been. I don't think there's enough people in this community or in this area that realize the importance of ULM to this city. Well, that's kind of what Tim Brando was telling us when we had him on the show last week or, or week before, where he was saying, guys, it's time to buy into this program, because even if you didn't go to ULM, they're still a huge part of this community. And uh, I, I understand that. I get that. Uh, at the same time, you got to make people want to come, mm -hmm. right? you got to give the people something to, to go and cheer for. And I believe they're doing that this year. You're going to have some really good football, some really good basketball. Um, that said, it needs to be a consistent, you know, it needs to be a consistently good product and you need to get out there and market it. Yep. It's up to, it's up to the university. I, and I don't think just by saying, well, if they win, people will come. I don't think that always is the case. It helps. Yeah, it <laughs> it certainly helps. Yeah, it helps. But I mean, I just don't think, you know, if you, you go out and you win six, seven games, that that's going to get enough people to buy in. Maybe. I mean, it has, again, it has to be consistent. One year of six wins won't do it. If you have six wins this year and then you build on that for next year, I think people will start coming because people people latch on to things. 
We, we've seen this through time. I mean, just look at – I know this is completely different, but look at the Pelicans last year in the playoffs. Everybody all of a sudden was a Pelicans fan, right? But during the regular season, when I tried to talk about the Pelicans, nobody really wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So that that's sports. You see that all over in sports. This not, might not be fair to ULM football, but in the 18 years that I've covered him, they've really only latched on to this program one time. And, of course, that came in 2012 yeah. when they had such a great run, beating Arkansas, and then, of course, taking Auburn to double overtime. And then that following week when everybody was on board for the whiteout there at Malone Stadium against Baylor. Yeah, and it was full, right? I mean, that was the, the, the best experience that, that you've witness mm-hmm. so like i said it's it, it takes winning i think if you win people will come but. the other issue they'll continue to have is it just doesn't feel like a college town and there's a lot of different you know uh, reasons because of that because the, the split between west monroe and monroe and different areas of monroe not everybody is certainly buying in <sighs> rustin on the other case you go over to rustin and it feels like a college town everybody's on board with louisiana tech and I know that's going to piss off a lot of ULM fans, but that's just the way it is. Well, it's part of it, too, because Tech is so close. Yeah. Tech and Grambling. You've got three colleges so close together that you have a lot of Tech fans in Monroe and West Monroe as well. So, yeah, I mean, but Tech's been winning a lot longer. I mean, Tech's been a lot more successful, you know, so I think that is a big factor. You think if, if it was opposite, if ULM would have had the success that Louisiana Tech would have had, do you think the participation would be flopped? Do you think people showing up to the stadiums, it would be more at ULM rather than Louisiana Tech? So I want you to ponder that. I mean, we're speculating here, but it's a question worth asking. Colin says they likely won't come see Tech. Bowl wins four straight wins, four straight years, and they still struggle to get eighteen to 20000 per game. Yeah. 888-993-7762. We'll have some of those clips from uh, Dr. Nick Bruno coming up later in the show. We go to other headlines. We certainly had some Monday night football last night. All eyes on Andrew Luck. Now, his numbers weren't exactly uh, eye-popping, but the fact that he took a sack and he, he handled it well, I think he actually had two sacks, that was probably the biggest takeaway, that he popped back up and was raring to go, Jake. Yeah, <clears throat> he was still sloppy. <laughs> he was... Uh, six of thirteen for fifty yards, and I, I, this is going to take some time for Andrew Luck. But like you said, I think if you're looking at this, I think the big thing is that he is able to withstand a couple sacks, able to withstand some hits, and still be able to be healthy. The guy hasn't played football in so long. I expect some sloppiness out of him. I think the bigger story from this game, most people will talk about Andrew Luck, and I get that, for, for rightfully so. Bigger story from this game was on the opposite sideline with Lamar Jackson. Mm. 7 of 15 for 49 yards. I think people, a lot of people don't like Joe Flacco. They just, he's, he's a mediocre quarterback. Joe Flacco went 7 to 9 last night, 77 yards and one TD. Lamar also had a touchdown. He, he, he's, a, he's not an elite quarterback, so people are quick. There are very few elite quarterbacks, and if you're not an elite quarterback, people don't have a ton of patience for you. Now, because of that, because he has had mediocre years in the past, I think people expected this youngster to come in there and light the world on fire in the preseason and push for playing time push to play but what we've seen so far in the preseason is he is years away from playing he is years away from taking the shot of Flacco in fact RG3 looks way better than Lamar Jackson right now Hmm. 
The best news out of this game is the fact that Kenneth Dixon, the former Louisiana Tech star, is back on the field. He had six carries last night for 32 yards. Of course, early in training camp, Dixon was uh, dealing with a hamstring issue. Hey, while we're on the NFL topic, I want to quickly bring up the story with the Minnesota Vikings and Mike Zimmer. Because we, we've had a lot of discussions about this, about the helmet rule, about how it's going to cost some teams some games that probably shouldn't. Um, and, and as well as some of the hits that have been <laughs> called that that are just laughable. That said, Mike Zimmer opens up about this, Aaron. And th- these are some great quotes. He says, it's going to, talking about the helmet rule, it's going to cost some people some jobs. Playoffs, jobs, the whole bit, I'm guessing. We haven't had any call on us so far. It's just hard to figure out. No one has ever said to me, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to call it less or we'll get it straightened out in the regular season. Or we're going to come up with a revised rule. No one has ever said that. Hmm. I thought that was uh, a telling quote. You know, a, co- a coach who's willing to go out and say this in the preseason. And from a coach that has yet to be penalized for the helmet rule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's seeing it throughout the league, and he's seeing it on the opposite side. So I, I understand this is probably one of those things – I don't like to overreact to things. But as soon as that rule came out, I was like, oh, I just – I don't see how that's going to help the NFL. Like, I understand the thought process behind it, but I really do feel like – like, you can say what you want about the protest and everything and how you turn the TV off for that. Okay, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But that didn't affect the on-field play. This is going to affect the on-field product, and when you start seeing – tackles that look like you know textbook tackles being called for penalties and it's going to cost your team yeah that's going to cause a lot of people to turn the tv off i I, that's just my prediction and again i might be overreacting it might be a non-issue this year but that's just kind of been my stance on it all preseason and i'm sticking with that i agree with mike zimmer Mm. uh big story of course in college football throughout this summer has been the situation with urban meyer we will learn the fate of urban meyer on wednesday from ohio state There are a couple reports out there that, of course, now they're leaning towards a suspension, and there are some saying that it could be just for, quote, time served, the time he's already missed being on administrative leave. Yeah, I read that, and it infuriated me. Like, I was just like, oh. If he's able to get – Missing two and a half weeks of practice. Yeah, if he's (laughs) able to get less games because of that, that shows how weak. Less games? How about no games, just time served? There's no way he gets no games. Uh, Even as weak as Ohio State is looking right now, there's no way he gets away with with no games. And he had to do wind sprints. Oh, And liners, that would be good. They they have a week. Is it Oregon State? Yeah, they open up with Oregon State. He'll at least be suspended for that because it doesn't matter who's coaching them for that game. That game's going to be 60 to nothing. There is uh, reports also out there that Urban Meyer, of course, is pushing against any suspension whatsoever. Yeah, well, if you want to make my face turn red, you're, you're doing well. <laughs> uh, Louisiana Tech loses a running back yesterday, redshirt freshman Elijah Walker, of course, coming out of a meet. Big things were expected out of him. It's just uh, the way it is now, the sign of the times, another quarterback leaving a college football program. Walker, of course, uh, was listed as a third-teamer for Louisiana Tech. But, of course, a lot of people had high hopes for him in the future. Coming out of high school, boy, he put up some eye-popping numbers. What, 60 total touchdowns his senior year. He was ranked somewhere like the 55th best quarterback in the country coming out of a meet. 
Yeah, and this, you know, they've already lost Jack Abraham. Mm-hmm. And what if Southern Miss wouldn't have gotten Abraham? You know, so this this quarterback shuffle across the country, man, it keeps the preseason interesting. Let's just say that uh, LSU is way ahead of the uh, the time frame, and the progress. <laughs> they've go. already had a players only only meeting. It took them what five games into last year to have such a meeting. So uh, LSU, hey, on track. It turned the season around yes. last year, so maybe this will help them beat Miami. When they started three and two last year, they had a players only only meeting. Now they have a players only meeting when they have what three suspensions and two quarterbacks transferring out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I knew you were going to run with that. Phillips and Devin White apparently ran the meeting. Yeah. Devin White, very vocal, I heard. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, you want your best player to be vocal. Uh, I'd be more concerned up front when uh, two of your best players on the team yep. are missing practice. Yeah, this is a much bigger deal than two quarterbacks transferring. This is huge. The fact that Richard Lawrence missed a lot last week scrimmaged a little bit Saturday and missed practice yesterday. And of course, we know how he's had injuries in the past. Braden Fajoko, meanwhile, the other stud. These are your two best defensive linemen, by the way. But Lawrence did. He was part of the scrimmage. So he had, he's missed a little bit, practice. But he didn't, he didn't scrimmage full. I, I think he might be nicked up, yeah. and they're just trying to take it, trying to be really careful with mm-hmm. him, which I understand. I totally understand that. Uh, Fajoko, meanwhile, is battling a leg injury. Uh, hopefully it's not that serious. And hopefully hopefully both guys are healthy for Miami because if they're not, well, that's going to change my prediction. Mm. Just a few of the headlines as we get to the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? <laughs> the starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. Our high school football previews will continue coming up at 7.15. We'll talk to uh, Rustin's Jared Ball about the Bearcats for the upcoming season. We always look forward to catching up with Gus Cattengill. He will join us at 8 o'clock. We'll do a little four downs later in the show. Yeah, we'll do some four downs. We'll ask, you know, since the news of Adrian Peterson joining the Washington Redskins, where does he rank all time? Is he top five? Is he top ten? Is he top 15? Where do you have Adrian Peterson on your all-time running back list? Also, some pretty uh, interesting quotes from Nick Bruno later in the show on the future of the ULM football program and now finding the right fit for the athletic director for the Warhawks. Text here, Jake is going to freak out when Tech silences Tiger Stadium with an upset next month. True. That is what Aaron is banking on. True. 888-993-7762. The morning drive rolls along after this. Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Yeah! Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.com. 
Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Attention everyone, it's time to say big on 2018 Polaris ATVs, Rangers and Razors during the factory authorized clearance event at Polaris of Ruston. Louisiana residents ask us about no local sales tax on Polaris off-road vehicles. Come in for details while selections are good. Polaris of Ruston, 1716 Celebrity Drive, North Louisiana's premier Polaris dealer. On Facebook and check them out on the web at PolarisofRuston.com. Off-road vehicles can be hazardous to operate and are not intended for on-road use. Polaris adult models for riders 16 and older. Always wear a helmet and be sure to take a safety training course. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. We certainly look forward to the start of the high school football season. In fact, we got some jamborees this weekend. Two great events in Northeast Louisiana, the Eddie Robinson Classic and, of course, the Bayou jam high school football previews continue to roll along jared ball from ruston joins us on the darren moody state farm hotline coach how you doing this morning bud all right no coach ball uh still calling there okay but uh we certainly look forward and we got a bayou jam press conference coming up uh, later today it's always an entertaining affair jake when uh, you get all the coaches up there and then of course you uh factor in they bring a player or two it's always fun just to see them all in one room it feels like the start of football season it really does it, it gets me amped every time you're just in there you're talking football with these coaches everybody's present everybody's hyping up their matchup another thing i look forward to is who's going to steal the press conference oh. who's going to uh, entertain the crowd. Usually it's Tommy Tharp. He, he's usually got the best one-liners. Well, back in the day, it was always uh, Vic Dalrymple and, of course, uh, Joey Pender would figure out ways oh, to go yeah. back and forth. And uh, Mickey always throws in a couple uh, nice barbs. And then, you know, Shouse would get up there and the classic poor mouth. And then, oh, the Rebels, going to be a tough year uh -huh. for us. And yeah. then, of course, all the coaches would continue to have fun with him. Right, right. They would just roll their eyes at that, yeah. You know, something I want to bring up, Aaron, <laughs> Do we have him? Yeah, let's go uh, to the uh, Darren Moody State Farm hotline. Coach Ball, how you doing this morning, bud? Good. How about y'all? Good. Uh, I know you guys had a uh, scrimmage last week uh, against Bird. How did that uh, work out for you guys? Uh, well, I thought it served its purpose. You know, we're all looking to see what things we can and can't do and uh, get better at the things we don't do very well. And so uh, we found out we've got a long way to go to be a good football team. Is it hard with scrimmages because you're mixing and matching and throwing a lot of different units out there to really figure out what went right and what went wrong? Uh, I would say so. You know, you try to throw a lot of things out there, uh, just like you said, to try to see what things you do well and what things you don't. And at this point, you know, as early as it is, you don't know a whole lot about your team you're trying to find an and identity and so uh but everybody's going through that so it's just a little bit of hit and miss and 
see where you are and go to work on it. You've been around the program for a few years now, but the second year as the head coach, what difference has that made with the program? Well, I think the consistency of what we're doing on offense and defense uh, from year to year, uh, this is this will be my fourth year here where we've uh, done the same things offensively and uh, some consistency defensively. Also, I think the kids, you know, know the system, and so, uh, of course, those things help out. Bringing in a new offensive coordinator and, of course, now a new uh, quarterbacks coach in Todd Garvin, uh, what's that like having some new faces on that side of the ball? Well, you know, uh, Coach Griffin, uh, our new offensive coordinator, has been here uh, for quite some time, so he's very familiar with everything here. He played here uh, and then has uh, he'd coach the running backs and the receivers for, for me whenever I was the offensive coordinator. So he's very familiar with what we were already doing. So, you know, the terminology and things had not changed much. And then, of course, adding uh, Todd Garvin to the mix, which uh, uh, played for me whenever I was coaching at Washtenaw and uh, had been at West Monroe um, for several years. And, in fact, uh a lot of the terminology that West Monroe uses is very similar to what we use uh, back from Don Chow's coaching John King uh, whenever he was playing at Northwestern State. A lot of that terminology comes back from a long time ago, and so uh, he was very familiar with a lot of the things we, we do offensively and a lot of the terminology already anyway, so it's been a very good fit. So it really felt like a natural fit, just bringing him back, bringing him on board with your staff. Then uh, it really, it really is uh, because of all of those things that I just talked about. I mean, mm-hmm. he he played under the offensive system that we're using that that I've been comfortable around uh, for years, and so uh, having known Todd and he had uh, again played. For me, whenever I was there at Washtenaw, I think that uh, that was just a very natural fit. Coach, on the offensive side of the ball, I know you lost a number of weapons, including the big guy in the backfield, DeAndre Marcus, of course, is over at Louisiana Tech. How are you going to replace him and other offensive stars on that side? Well, I don't think you necessarily replace those guys. You have to find a combination. Anytime you lose uh, a big-time ball player, like D and, you know, of course, uh, Red Johnson that's at Grambling and Reggie, uh, Reggie Williford that's playing at, uh, that's walked on at, at Northwestern State and playing for them. Anytime you lose those big playmakers like that, you just have to try to find the combination of guys to be able to make up the number of plays that they made throughout the year. So uh, we've got some guys that are capable of doing that. We need to get them in a, in a habit of where they can make those plays consistently, consistently throughout the season. So uh, we're going to lean on the areas where we've got a lot of experience. Uh, so I think offensive line-wise, for sure, we bring all five of those guys back, along with Ray Parker at tight end, and then Eric Outley, which essentially is a three-year starter. So uh, we're going to lean on them heavily early in the year while we uh, try to grow in those other areas offensively and then uh, defensively. We've got some inexperience in areas where we're going to have to trust those guys that uh, have the experience and 
ask those guys to do a little bit more to take some pressure off the guys that don't don't quite have as much experience. Ray Parker, uh, most project him as a, a tackle in the college ranks as a tight end. What kind of threat will he give you guys this year? Well, I think uh, I think a big a big threat for us. You know, a lot of these colleges they uh, they don't understand what Ray brings athletically to uh, the game because they don't watch him on a daily basis out at practice and those kinds of things on seeing what actually he can do. You know, whenever you just look at him, uh, sure, he looks like an offensive tackle, but once you see him in drills and watch him run and move his feet and those kinds of things, I think uh, some of those guys have changed their minds on where it is they think he can he can play. I think probably before it's all over with, he may end up at tackle. He may eat himself into playing, uh, playing <laughs> tackle, but Right now, for us at, in high school football, the matchups that you're going to get with a big guy like that matched up against a high school corner or a high school safety, I think just makes more sense for us to play him uh, at tight end uh, just strictly because of the mismatches that, that we'll get. Rustin head coach Jared Ball joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, not many if anybody has a tight end of that caliber in the high school ranks. So how do you alter your game plan, and then do you start watching others that have had uh, great tight ends and kind of different things that they use to incorporate them in their offense? Well, I think that's a lot of what we've we've done in the in the off season is tried to uh, find some some people uh, in other high schools or college or pros that have a guy at tight end that do a lot of different things with them, moving them around and trying to develop those matchups that I was just talking about. Uh, so we've gone to work on making sure that we definitely are going to have in a game plan uh, about trying to uh, get those matchups and making sure that we're utilizing uh, the best part of what our football teams are. So Ray's going to have to kind of pick up the pace a little bit, you know, because offensively we had – D and Red and Reggie and some guys around him that that maybe kind of took the pressure off of him uh, last year. Now he's going to have to turn into being one of those guys that uh, we're going to have to have him in the game plan and, and he's going to have to make those plays rather than that just being a bonus. Tough question. Uh, realistically, I mean, how many catches could a tight end in the high school ranks have a Ray Parker type? Well, uh, I don't know. I hope I hope a dozen a game. I, I don't. I don't know. You know, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be one of those things that from game to game it's gonna change according to what people are gonna try to do. You know, uh, people are gonna know that we're trying to get him the football. They're gonna know that he's a good ball player, so they'll be trying to do some things defensively to to stop stop that. But that's one of the things you know that during the course of a ball game that. Uh, we'll open up some other areas, and that's whenever we'll try to lean on some other guys if if they're trying to uh, trying to offset some of the things that we're trying to do with Ray, which is a good thing. That's that's one of the good things about having a really good player is what people try to do uh, defensively to to stop those guys. It just opens up other areas and opens up some things for some other players. We've talked about it during the summer, uh, Coach. It's a brutal stretch to open up the year. Is it something that you've uh, pointed out to the kids, 
or they're pretty much aware of what the task or the challenges that are ahead for them? Well, we, we've talked about it a lot uh, throughout the course of the off season and, and the summer, you know, and if they're not aware of it by now, they'll get aware of it uh, really quick, like uh, once we get into the, the early stretch of the uh, of the season because we're playing some really good football teams early on. So I think, you know, once we're several games into all season, we're going to kind of know where we stand and what things we're good at, what things we're not very good at, and what things we need to work on. Uh, we, But we talk about all the time, the you know, the regular season is strictly uh, to make sure that we win enough ball games to make the playoffs. Our purpose is to be as good of a football team once our – Ten regular season games are up uh, is to be as good of a football team as we can be going into the playoffs. And I think the teams that we have scheduled in our non-district schedule and our district uh, teams will get us prepared to do that. And I know that's a lot of coaches talk, but realistically, uh, that's that's exactly what the way that we look at it. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm not it's looking at, at. I'm sorry. Uh, a stretch that, of course, features the likes of Neville and Acadiana, and then the other one that really stands out is uh, with Longview coming over here, the Lobos. I know you've had a connection with that program for a while, and a lot of people run away from uh, East Texas squads, especially Longview. Why were you all in on this one? Well, I, I know what the what the program's all about. It's uh, you know I I was a coach there for for Pat Collins and John King for ten years uh, as the offensive coordinator, so. Uh, I know what they bring to the table. So once they get over here and our kids have a chance to uh, to match up against those guys, uh, we'll know exactly where we stand in the overall scheme of things. Uh, it's, di- it's, it's always good to get some different people here uh, to, to play that the kids might not be as familiar with. You know, it's one of the reasons to put Acadiana on the schedule also. Uh, just to give the kids an opportunity to play someone that they're not as familiar with uh, the program as what they are, much like you'll have to do in the playoffs. So uh, I think it's a good opportunity for us to see where where we stand. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, I saw something this morning where a lot of people are picking Longview to win uh, one of the 6A um, wow. state championships. So. Uh, you know, we, we've got our work cut out for us as far as what our schedule is, but the main thing is that our kids and coaches need to stay focused on is it doesn't make any difference who we play. What we need to do is focus on the things that we're not very good at and continue to work on those things so that we can be as good of a football team as we can be, uh, regardless of who it is that gets off the bus whenever they come over here or we get off the bus and go somewhere where whether it's the New Orleans Saints or uh, some little league team, it doesn't really make any difference. We need to be as prepared as what we can be, and that's the only thing that we can control. A couple final questions, Coach. Uh, I know you're going to be making your way over for the Bayou Jam press conference. Uh, Rustin, of course, will be a big part of this jamboree again on Saturday, squaring off against Washita. What makes this uh, jamboree so attractive to you guys year in and year out? Well, I think it's an opportunity for our kids to get out in an atmosphere that's uh, similar to a playoff atmosphere, uh, you know, and that's a really a lot to say for a jamboree. Uh, but I think it's a very good start to the season. It's good for football uh, to get everybody kind of 
in the queue for for uh, starting up the football season, and again gives our kids a, a chance to uh, get out in front of a big crowd, uh, see what that's like, um, and just get 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 things going. It's a very good thing that Patty uh, Thurman has put together and, and keeps going, and we look forward to it each year. As always, we appreciate the time. We'll see you later this morning out at the press conference. Thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Jerry Ball, Rustin's head coach, joining us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Yeah, uh, let's run through the Bayou Gym real quick. This Friday, it all kicks off this year. It'll be a two-day event. Friday, you've got St. Frederick <clears throat> versus Jonesboro Highs. They will start at 6 p.m. And at 8 p.m., you've got Sterlington versus Bastrop. Bastrop's start and trying to run. 165. Wasman looked pretty good in the uh, scrimmage they had against uh, Bastrop the other night. And on Saturday, you get things started at 1 p.m. Gina versus OCS, 3 p.m. Mangum versus Oak Grove, 5 p.m. Washita versus Ruston, and at 7 p.m. Neville versus West Monroe. Of course, the Eddie Robinson Classic will be taking place over in Grambling. You got Lincoln Prep against Arcadia, Calvary versus Rabel. Faraday squaring off against Northwest, and then the nightcap features Evangel versus Union. Football's here, baby. High school football previews will continue to roll along on a daily basis. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, you want to play a little four downs? Sure. That's coming up after the break on the morning drive. Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.com. Once again, it's on. Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing you the Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree 4. Presented by Creed and Creed. Serious attorneys for serious injury. The Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree. Saturday, August 25th in the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. In its fourth year, Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing another exciting day of hard-hitting football action. Guess who's back from South Louisiana? The Northwest High Raiders are coming to put a beat down on the Faraday Trojans for Game 3. Not up in here. And the rematch everybody's been waiting for from 2015. The high-flying Eagles of Evangel Christian Academy are back to put it down on the rough and rugged Union Parish Farmers of Farmerville. It's going to be on at the Jamboree this year. You can get your Jamboree tickets at each of the participating schools now. Check out more details at egrobinsonclassic.com. Our Facebook page at Eddie G. Robinson Classic. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Moore, Toyota of Ruston. All right, a couple texts here. You can weigh in 888-993-7762. And Jared Ball was mentioning that the Saints roll in. 
playing the Bearcats, they'll take on anybody. Richie points out if the Saints step off the bus, just forfeit. <laughs> Good point. Good point yes. Um, so this morning, I thought Quint gave us the best question he's ever given us, yeah. and you made probably the not not easy, not hard to do. You gave us the best point uh, you've ever given us, which is. Let me first read this question from Quint, and then I want to tell you how many texts we've gotten afterwards. So here's Quint's question that we asked at the top of the hour. What is the biggest problem at ULM, the short lifespan of recent athletic directors or the lack of focus on athletics by President Bruno? Also, are these two problems connected or separate? Aaron, in all his wisdom, said, Look at the response to that question. We haven't gotten any response to that. No one has chimed in, you know, speculating what the problem is or even talking about ULM. And that speaks a lot to what we were talking about earlier is you've got to have people care. Yeah. It's the root of the problem. They don't move the needle enough. They don't, it doesn't fire up enough people. Exactly. On either side. There's not the big high, the... the the only time that there was so much excitement around ULM football was, of course, after an historic a milestone victory versus Arkansas. And then, of course, you got to have passionate fans on the flip side where they're so angry about something that's going to get them that riled up where they want to call in, they want to text in, and, of course, they want to talk about it. Yeah. And, that, and that's just the root of the problem. you got to get enough people where they care about this program and this athletic department. And they are making strides, and, and you look just in this fall – what they have done, you know, selling out the pursuit, that was a great start. You know, 450, 500 people showing up there. They get the women's clinic, another 130, 140 women out there for that. You look at the event down in West Monroe this weekend, a very good turnout. So those are nice strides. But, I mean, this is really, literally an uphill battle that they're facing, and they're mm -hmm. facing years and years of content that they're battling against. Yeah, Um now we're starting to get some texts. AJ says, we've complained about Bruno till we're blue in the face and it falls on deaf ears. And Tim says, Bruno needs to let the AD do their job. If you want to hear from Bruno, we'll have an yeah, That's coming up uh, later in the show. Uh, I had a lengthy conversation with Nick Bruno about the future of ULM football moving forward and also finding the right fit. What is, what's he looking for in an athletic director? And then also... Nick Floyd, the impact that he made on the community or on this program, literally being there for just 13 months. He continued to point out that he brought a lot of structure to this athletic program. Said before, there was no structure, was, which was certainly a slap to the face of uh, Brian Wickstrom when he was here. He actually went on in the interview and said uh, Wickstrom was looking for a job the first day that he was on campus. Yeah. So portions of that interview coming up later in the show. And I want to get to Ken's text real quick. Ken Taylor says, every year the NFL places further restrictions on the use of the helmet in tackling vicious blindside hits and no hands to the face rules. Do you ever see the day coming when the game of football will be played without even needing to wear a helmet? Ken, if that day comes, no one will watch. Guarantee that. Let's play a little Ford outs. Let's do it. Uh, big news yesterday. One of the greatest running backs of all time, Adrian Peterson, joined the Washington Redskins. So, want to ask today, where does he rank on your all-time list? Is he top five? Is he top ten? Or is he top 15, Aaron? All right, before we dive into this, and we talk about an athlete maybe tarnishing his legacy. Did it hurt Emmett Smith when he played for the Cardinals? 
Did it hurt MJ when he played for the Wizards? Exactly. But for some reason, with Peterson, now we're looking at what his third team in the last two years. And for some reason, I think it takes a little bit off of him. Or maybe it's been so long that we've seen him running like he used to that I kind of forget about the seven Pro Bowls in ten years that he had with the Vikings. No, no, no. I I don't. When I think of Adrian Peterson, I think of those years. I think of those rushing titles, the 296 rushing yards that he had in the game. That's what I think of. So when he's a third-string running back from the Redskins, that won't bother you a bit. It's weird, yeah. but I also understand he's he's older. It's a young man's game. Yeah. But he still looks the same. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's great. Herschel Walker yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, Herschel Walker right now. Herschel Walker could step off a bus right now. 54. And he could, oh, yeah, he could play. He could, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I get that, but he's still, you know. Uh, Tommy says AP not in the uh, top 15. Wow. Yeah. Not top 15. Where do you have him, Aaron? Uh, I got him around eight or nine. Uh, in no particular order, but you look at what? Uh, Peyton, Sanders, Smith, Falk, Brown, uh, LT. I would. We can compare the numbers with uh, Eric Dickerson and uh, Adrian Peterson. but They're pretty close. Uh, huh? Yeah, almost identical. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with you. I think he's top ten. It's, it's I don't hard. know how you could put him ahead in any of those guys. Uh, Dickerson is, you know. But and, of course, Jim Brown, Walter yes. Payton, you yes. know. You really can't. But when you look at what Adrian – what sticks out to me about Adrian Peterson is what he did, they didn't have a consistent passing game. And teams were stacking the box. And I, you can make the same argument about some of these other running backs. But, like, with Emmett Smith, with the Cowboys, you know, they were so explosive. You know, you couldn't just concentrate on Emmett Smith. With the Vikings, people concentrated on Adrian Peterson. They stacked the box, and he still had rushing titles. So I think there's something to be said about that. For, for that reason, I think he deserves top ten. But like you said, it's kind of hard. When you start thinking about guys like Barry Sanders, it's kind of hard to, to rank him top five. I don't know. I don't really have a definite list, but there are a lot of names I would – I say a lot. There are at least five names I would put ahead of them. Well, there are six right there. Peyton, Sanders, Smith. Falk, Brown, yeah. LT. Yeah, and I think LT, the LT argument's a good one because you can go back and forth with LT and Adrian. I think those are the two best we've seen in, in, in recent years since Emmett Smith. I think those are the two guys who, who should be in the conversation that we've seen recently. Mm. Uh, who's better between those two? Uh, it's difficult. Uh, LT, 162 total touchdowns, nearly 14,000 yards rushing. 145 rushing TDs. You compare that to uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, about 12,000 rushing yards, 99 rushing touchdowns, and 104 total touchdowns. Stats aren't everything, though. We know this. Still, I, you know, I would, I don't disagree if you say LT is better than Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson, a seven-time All-Pro, uh, holds multiple records, and of course, it was an MVP for one year. Yeah. So, anyway, I think top ten is a good landing spot for him. Also in the top ten somewhere in there, probably Thurman Thomas, Gail Sayers. Well, there's only uh, so many spots. Yeah, Tony Dorsett. <laughs> you can't just name, yeah. name uh, 20 well, running there's, backs. There's eight or, yeah, number eight, number nine, number, Errol Campbell, Marcus Allen. That's when it gets dicey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, hold on. O.J. Simpson? I want you to try to give me your top ten. Not in order. Yeah. But Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders. I gave you seven right there. With Adrian Peterson? Yeah. Give it to me again. 
Peyton, Sanders, Smith, Falk, Brown, Dickerson, LT. Did you say Peterson? Peterson. What's that? Eight? That's eight. All right. Put Thurman Thomas and put Gail Sayers. Uh, you missing Emmett Smith. Oh, yeah. No, I said Smith. Peyton, Sanders, Smith. Oh, okay. You said, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, it gets a little dicey. But I think top ten's a good spot. All right, that was first down. What did we get right? What did we get wrong? 888-993-7762. And AJ says Alvin Kamara, number two all time. Yeah. Go ahead and retire, Alvin. What do we got for second down? Oh, I thought we were taking a break. Uh, second down, which NFL team makes the most improvement in 2018? Well, this is an easy one if you just go on the Browns. <laughs> I didn't go there. Yeah. It's too easy? It's too easy. Because I think the Browns probably win, like, Five to six games this year. Five to six game improvement rate. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to go that route. Did you go that route? Uh, no, I got another one. Go ahead. I went with Atlanta. Okay. I, they went 10 and six last year, but it felt like a huge disappointment to us because they, they were the most explosive offense in the NFL two years ago. Where did that go? Uh, that explosion was missing last year, and there were a lot of questionable calls by uh, Sarkeesian. But I think this unit has gotten even better with the addition of Calvin Ridley. He's looked fantastic in the preseason so far. And I believe Sarkeesian will right some of those wrongs. So, you know, as a Saints fan, I hope I hope I'm incorrect. I hope they don't turn it around. But it's hard for me to look at the Atlanta Falcons and think, yeah, they're going to finish third in the NFC South again. When you're looking at teams, of course, making the, the biggest jump, all you got to look to back to last year and the ones that, of course, uh, di- were a huge disappointments, and that would be the Texans. Uh, which is four wins last year. You get Watson back, you would certainly think that they're going to improve on four wins. Now, can they get up to eight or nine wins? The Giants with three wins. Eli now having his weapons back with Odell and now Barkley in the yeah, backfield. But how much does Eli have left? Uh, the Colts getting Andrew Luck back, four wins <laughs> last year. It looked good last night. It's preseason. I know, man. I'm just messing with you. Teams are ready to make the biggest jump. The Browns are the easy bet. Browns are the easy bet. I think the Texans was a good one by you. Um, I still I still stick with the Falcons. I know they won 10 games last year, but it, it felt like a huge disappointment. Others you could get on board with. Uh, the 49ers, of course, with Garoppolo with the six Jimmy wins G. last year. Jimmy G. Could they make the jump at uh, four wins? They're, get up to 10 They're wins? going for the now. You look at what they're doing and the pickups that they've gotten. They're wanting to win right now. They're not building for the future. They're building for today. Uh, the Packers, seven and nine last year. Yeah, Packers is a good pick just because of the Aaron Rodgers effect. The one I really like just what they've done. Now, I don't know the wild card in here, the effect of uh, John Gruden and what he will do. But yeah. six wins last year. They were this team that everybody's jumping on board. I don't know, man. It's tough. We've seen it time and time again when coaches go away for so long and they yeah. come back doesn't really work out well. Mm-hmm. I want to see it before I make any predictions. Biggest jump besides the Browns, I go with either the Texans or the Giants. I feel like uh, – Texans over the Giants for me. Uh, I, I just don't believe in Eli anymore. Love him. Love the Mannings. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's – I think his time's done, man. 888-993-7762. We'll play the rest of four downs in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, you'll hear from President Nick Bruno on the future of ULM football and what he's looking for in the next athletic director on the ULM campus.
Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston is a proud game day sponsor. We know the effort it took to get here. We know what it takes to make a champion. It starts with desire. A lot of determination because you have the will to win. As a team, you make it happen. As a team, we make it happen. Play your best. Be your best. Yeah! Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Want to know what's going on inside La Tech Athletics? Join us each week for Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Tuesdays at 6 on 97.7. Host Ben Carlisle, publisher of BleedTechBlue.com, talks with coaches and players and takes your calls and texts. He's up to date and you can be too. Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by First National Bank, the Uncommon Bank, Tuesdays at 6 on 97.7. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. All right, Jake, since you do such a great job reading text, go. All right. Tommy's on one. He says, if you pick them all, you can't be wrong, Dietrich. Dude, I he did I was just, just go. I was just you went listing through half some of the, of the candidates. You no, went through half but then the I came back and said I would take either the Texans or you the Giants. Sh- you still didn't give us one team. All right, I'll take the Giants. Okay. Three wins. I mean, come on. I mean, it's like pulling teeth to get you to actually. They can get to six to seven wins. Four game improvement. Okay. Anyway. Cut me some slack. My goodness. Uh, He also says, he gives us his, I believe this is Tim. Campbell. This one's interesting. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Top ten all time. He can do more than Peterson. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's accomplished more. Maybe in time. Uh, Dorsett, Allen, OJ, Brown, Sanders, Falk, Scott Brown again, Dickerson, Smith, Sayers. Mm. It's tough, man. Been a lot of great running backs. And uh, text here from Larry. He says, could it be with ULM you have to factor in the success of Louisiana Tech and LSU over the last decade? We do not know yet if the success will continue under Coach O. Also, the presence of Nick Saban being so close, recruiting is way down. For all the schools in Louisiana. Still so many athletes to choose from. Still shouldn't have a bad recruiting class in Louisiana. Another question about ULM Athletics from Tim wants to know, is it apathy because of marginal success or lack of numbers of people that really care? Great question. 
And I think that is the biggest thing that they're fighting against, just getting people to get on board, getting all in, and, of course, caring about this athletic program. So yesterday I had an opportunity with the news that, of course, Nick Floyd was uh, uh, calling it quits out at ULM, is going to be assigned, reassigned within the administration for the rest of the year. But, of course, now the day-to-day duties of the athletic director fall to Scott McDonald as they move forward. They did not set a timetable. So I had a one-on-one sit-down interview with Nick Bruno, and we talked about this athletic program moving forward and what he wants to see. Well, we're moving forward, Aaron. Um, you know, certainly um, Mr. Floyd and I have had discussions for several weeks that, you know, his health, he was not comfortable with his health, uh, but he felt he wanted to continue. He felt he could move it through at least football season. Um, and last week or week before last, may have been week before last, he came in and said, I, I just can't do it. Um, you know, he is probably one of the most honorable individuals I've ever met. Um, you know, he told me at the point, you know, when we had earlier discussions in the year uh, when this was coming about, because, you know, what most people don't realize about Nick is he had a lot of family issues as it relates to health of his children, uh, his wife, his mother-in-law. And then, of course, then his. Uh, but he continued to work. You know, he continued to make changes that were more, you know, I would say invisible. Uh, we had no structure. You know, when, when Nick assumed this a year ago, there was no structure in our program. Uh, but he's put some structure in, and that's what he was noted for when we hired him. Um, and, uh, you know, he began to tell me he just wasn't right. He wasn't able to perform as he felt he could. And um, when Ron Hogan left and we began the, the search, we decided to change that title and put athletics in there as far as additional support in between athletics and, and me, although it continued to report directly to me. So now, you know, as it turns out, uh, I think we're good. Nick supported that move at the time uh, and continued to be supportive of it throughout Todd, I mean, uh, Scott's short. Uh, tenure. Uh, so I think we've got the people in their places that know what they're doing and we're going to be okay. Direct shot, of course, uh, at uh, Brian Wickstrom, his tenure at ULM. Also in another quote, he went on to say that from day one, Wickstrom was looking for another job and is ready to lead ULM. I pressed him on the point of the 13 months that uh, Floyd was the athletic director. He wasn't very visible. He wasn't very vocal. We had him on the show, I believe, uh, twice. twice. So I asked him, uh, was that fair criticism of Floyd? And do you need an AD that is up front and, of course, is out there, you know, rattling the bushes and, of course, is very visible for your athletic program? Here is Nick Bruno's response. There's no perfect individual for any job. You know, you got a person who's vocal and visible and so forth. They better have someone in the house doing the, the housekeeping. Uh, if you got someone that's good in the housekeeping, they may not be as good in the external affairs. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, there's going to be people who criticize everyone, the people who criticize me. I understand that. They probably criticize you occasionally. But the reality is, is you know, I don't remember anybody looking for perfection. We look for excellence, and we find excellence where those individuals have those skills. Uh, I think. Uh, Nick Floyd had a lot of things that he could point to with excellence. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, Aaron, that 
all of us tend to judge people on what we know, not the big picture, you know. Uh, sitting at this desk and dealing with athletics over the last eight years, uh, there are a lot of things that go on that no one knows about them, that we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and the way that the athletic director deals with those things in a day-to-day -day, uh, really defines how we move forward. So every AD, every president, every vice president, whomever, you know, they layer something on that moves the university and our division forward. And I think each individual who served here have, have added a quality to the program. Uh, so it's my responsibility to find a person to come in, keep the continuity going, and keep adding to the foundation that we have. I think ULM Athletics is in a very strong position right now. And I think that uh, most people feel that, you know. Uh, people who watch our athletic program, I think, see the excitement that's going on and the potential that our program has. That didn't come by accident. It came by individuals really working hard to build that, and I'm pleased that uh, it's happened. You know, no one's looking for the credit. No one's looking for it. If there's blame, it usually falls on me, um, but that's part of it. That's part of my job, and we deal with it. All I know is that every year I want to see improvement, and I have seen improvement. And I think we'll continue to see improvement, and I think ULM Athletics is going to uh, uh, continue to grow in strength and popularity, and we'll see. I'm hoping it'll start off on the 30th. How do we judge the success or the impact that an athletic director makes on a campus? By what we see. The success on the field or on the court? Money raised? Butts and seats? All-encompassing. It, it's all of it. Um, but I think promotion, that's a big part. And the way that you see that the attendance as well as, you know, just the community outreach, like all of that stuff, it all adds up. But I, I think you have to create a buzz. At least that's that's me. You know, you have to create a buzz. That's, that's what I feel. And, and so far, Aaron, people are not responding positively to that interview. AJ says just the fact that he called him Mr. Floyd proves he doesn't have a personal relationship with him. He hasn't had a personal relationship with any AD or even Josh Brooks. Killing me. Hashtag deaf ears. Uh, he's had, he had a relationship with Josh Brooks. And then Paul says that's the problem. Bruno wants to be the only face of the university. Before we go to break, I want to play one more uh, clip from this interview from yesterday with Nick Bruno. I point out, asked him, uh, you know, Scott McDonald, will he be the next athletic director of ULM? think anything's possible you know I haven't had a, a long discussion with Scott as to where he saw himself in this um, you know but I, I think you know when you look at Scott's background you know he played ball here he was an athlete at ULM he saw served on the faculty um, uh, I mean excuse me served on a um, athletic foundation numerous times he served on our foundation board he served on our facilities corporation. So, you know, he knows the area. Uh, he knows the, the people. Uh, so I, I think, you know, as we get into the discussions, you know, certainly if Scott chose to be considered for that, then I think he would be a serious candidate. From Nick Bruno coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, including how to get more butts in the seats at Malone Stadium. Also, what's the situation with tailgating in the Grove for next year? That coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. 
Plus, we have to finish our four downs. We've got a couple of college football questions. Aaron, I want to get your top five college football quarterbacks heading into the 2018 football season. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little Saints with Gus Cattengale. The Morning Drive continues after this. Thanks for listening to the best of The Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.